Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead, and today I'll be joined by a special guest, Angela Cox. Angela is a busy working mum of two and has amassed a huge following in the weight loss world. Not just because she's lost eight and a half stone, which is obviously really impressive, but she's actually kept it off for the past two years and shows no sign of stopping on a healthy crusade. Angela is now inspiring others to do the same with her A Big Girl's Journey to Lean Facebook group, her YouTube vlogs, and her Instagram profile, which is CoxAng78. And she has a book coming out this summer that aims to help and inspire more people to make a healthy transformation too. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. Okay, so I'm here with Angela Cox. Um, you may know her as a big girl's journey to lean as well. So Angela, what is your, what's your backstory first of all? I want to know where it all began, your journey. Wow, okay. Um, I'm 40. I was 40 a few weeks ago, which is uh, quite scary. And I guess for 38 of those years, really, I have been overweight. I was quite big when I was born. Um, and... I was a chubby toddler. Yeah. Um, I did like, I like food when I was, you know, growing up, but something happened when I was nine years old to kind of change all that, I guess, and, and plunge it into a bit of a, a depth of darkness where I actually started to binge eat. Um, I started to eat in secret um, and just kind of through my teenage years started to experiment with different ways of restricting food or stopping the calories from um you know landing inside my body if you like by making myself sick or by using laxatives various slimming pills um you name it I tried it um I probably tried every single diet that there is on the market so um everything from these 600 calorie a day diets which are like hell on earth yeah um what's quite funny about those is after about a week you stop thinking about food completely oh, really? um it's like your body shuts down and says i don't need it anymore but of course what it's doing is just hanging on to every inch of nutrients that it's got inside it um and and it's just a miserable, miserable existence. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, I did those several times, several different brands of those types of diets, Slim Fast, Light Alive, Cambridge. Um, and actually ended up losing half of my hair after Whoa. one bout of doing it. So definitely wouldn't recommend that. I did 5-2, I did Paleo, I did Weight Watchers, Slimming World, Rosemary Connolly. <laughs> It was just this constant battle of wanting to be a slim person, not having the knowledge or the mechanisms to do that and, and just consistently fighting this urge to binge eat, which was habitual and, and something that had been part of me from being nine years old. So I couldn't move away from it. Um, and and that was my life. And, and actually I plotted... I did a seminar last year and I plotted my highest weight and my lowest weight every year for 18 years. Wow. 
and and what for part of that presentation and what was really interesting was in every every 12 months there was a low weight and a high weight that might be three stone different four stone different five stone different which just showed the level of yo-yo dieting that I was doing yeah and it was constantly up down up down up down up down but bizarrely never lower than a size 14 so I actually thought that my body was incapable of going lower than a size 14 yeah um until January uh 2016 when something changed cool so amazing um to plot the yo-yo dieting part yeah we talk about that a lot but um it's great that there's actual real evidence because we talk about it, but I've not actually seen anyone actually plot the journey. I know it happens with these with these approaches, but no, that's amazing. So what happened? Where were you at actually at the start of January 16? Oh, so God. what was your weight like? What was your fitness levels like? How did you feel? So in, in January, um, I changed jobs. So um, I had a, a, a very fortunate position of being put onto gardening leave. Yeah. Um, so I was moving out of one job and into another. So I had a couple of months to be at home with not having to work. How good is that? <laughs> so my friend had said to me, um, let's do the body coach plan. And she'd said to me several times about different diets and, and we'd done a milkshake diet together again and various things. So I kind of signed up for it going, oh, okay, let's give it a go. At that point, I was 16 stones three pounds I think or 16 stones one which actually wasn't my heaviest my heaviest was 19 stone five which had been a few years before I'd been using Cambridge diet and five two to lose some weight over that two-year period leading up to January 16 and I'd also in the August of 2015 found a personal trainer Dell who I still work out with occasionally um and he'd started to introduce me to exercise so we'd done kettlebells and we'd done some rowing and um some weights but i couldn't control the eating still so i'd done that for sort of four or five months in 2015 um started to see changes initially but then of course couldn't sustain the eating part so yeah he kept coming every week and going have we lost any weight this week? And I'd go, no, I haven't. And it got to a point where I was just like, right, don't even ask me anymore about yeah. my weight. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, because I felt like a loser because I wasn't losing. Um, so we just focused on the exercise. And then in January, I got this new eating plan, the body coach plan. And yeah. I went, oh my God, you can actually eat loads of food. Because I was kind of was in the mindset that you had to starve and restrict in order to lose weight because that's kind of what I'd learned so I'm looking at all this amazing food and going I can't believe you can eat all this and you only have to exercise for 20 minutes yeah you know three or four four or five times a week it was so I started to do that um and really struggled to start with with the exercise because 16 stone and jumping around and you know trying to do bear crawls and burpees it's just not happening at all it was I found it quite disheartening at first um so Dale had said to me right we won't even bother with all the jumping around stuff we'll do all of the hits on the rowing machine because it's not difficult on your joints yeah you know it's really good for getting the heart rate up so the, the cardio aspect was there and we literally spent the first month of the body coach plan doing rowing hits 
and I would tell him all the way through those 20 minutes of rowing that I hated him probably about 26 times <laughs> it was literally like I hate you I, hate I still you. Don't I hate like you. rowing it's horrible yeah. but so good <laughs> um and and I just you know the weight started to fall off I was obsessed with getting on the scales like because I used to weigh myself three or four times a day oh wow and it would absolutely dominate my mood and how I felt and you know if I'd lost a pound then that was great and then if I put it on again in the afternoon then that was the end of the world and I'd be like you know this dark mood would come over me and I'd be like a cow so it was very difficult in that first month of body coach stepping on the scales and not seeing the level of progression that I expected to see based on what I was eating and how I was exercising. Yeah. You know, the amount of green stuff I was eating was insane compared to anything I'd eaten before. Yeah. So what happened during that first four weeks, cycle one, was in the first week I lost loads of weight. In the second and third week I put weight on. Oh, right, okay. And I was like, oh my God, you know, what is happening? Yeah. And then in the final week, I lost like nine pounds just like that. It was insane. So I sort of, by the cycle two, I said to Martin, my husband, can you put the scales away so I can't weigh myself and just let me have them at the end of the cycle? And he did that. And that was probably the best thing I could have ever done. Because I really think that had I gone through cycle two, which is all the carb stuff, yeah, I would have been derailed for sure, by seeing the numbers on the scales. So I recommend everybody to throw those scales away and just weigh yourself once a month or use a tape measure or even better use photographs to, to yeah. have a look at your progress. What made you throw the scales away then? What actually, because it sounds like you were in a habit of doing it oh, every day. Totally, I was obsessed with weighing myself. And, and I think I, I knew something was telling me that if I carried on doing things the way that I'd always done them in the past, then it was going to derail me. Cause I knew through cycle one, seeing those scales go up was making me think, oh, there's no, there's no point. I might as well throw in the towel. Yeah. So I knew that I had to do something different. That was the only way that I would have succeeded. So by getting him to put the scales away, it meant that I wasn't, I couldn't do it cause they weren't there. Yeah. Um, and that just kept me on track. Um, and I'm now of the mindset, you know, some two years later that there's just no point weighing myself ever again. Yeah. Because actually on a, on a weightlifting journey, the impact on the scales is nowhere near the same as yeah. when you're just losing weight through diets. And therefore, I prefer using the tape measure and photographs yeah. to track my progress. Would you still recommend someone who's, let's say they've got quite a bit of weight they want to lose, would you recommend they use the scales, but just yeah. not often? Yeah, definitely. De you know, for my first sort of two years really on this journey, I weighed myself on a monthly basis. And I, yeah. I think that that's a nice balance. You know, some people may want to do it weekly, but then there's other people, certainly in my group, who are of the opinion that they weigh themselves daily so that they can see the, you know, the kind of up and downs through the month. And I guess... If you haven't had a history of eating disorders or problems with eating, then that might be okay. But for somebody like me who was obsessed with it, yeah, I think just doing it monthly is probably a better. Yeah, a better I agree. Thing. Like we see both ends of the spectrum with people we work with. Some people can unlink themselves emotionally from the number they're seeing and think this is just a fluctuation. I'll plot it every day and be logical and yes. get through it. And other people are more emotionally driven, aren't they? They see the number and 
like my girlfriend's like this, she'll look at the scale and it's the middle of the day and she's eating a big meal and she's like, put on three pounds. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never eating just, again. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, must, this must not be working all the hard work I'm doing. I'm like, you just yeah. ate a huge meal, drunk loads of water and there's, that's going to weigh more than three pounds probably. So logic goes out. The logic window. does go out the window for yeah. most people. So I just say, like you were saying, if, if you can't look at it and make a logical dis- decision, which some people do seem to be able to do, but 90% of people probably can't, then yeah. I think once a month or once, even every three months works so much better. Yeah, good idea. So you were so you were kind of focused on the scale at the beginning, you got rid of the scale, and then where'd it go from there? Um, well, I, I did the plan, um, completed the plan. I, I amazed myself in terms of that, that first 90 days, I was 100% committed to that plan. I didn't deviate. People were like, oh my God, you're not drinking alcohol or you've not had any treats or you've not had any chocolate. But for me, that premise of 100% on it is so much easier than 98%, 99%. And I guess I've learned that even more watching my friends who started at the same time as me and you know, there's a, there's a few people in the group who started at the same time as me and would say, oh, I've had a weekend away and I've done this and I've done that. And they work really, really hard all week for like six days of the week. Yeah. And then on the seventh day, they go on a night out and drink loads and eat loads. And suddenly they've undone all their hard work. Yeah. And then three months down the line, they're going, I'm no further forward, but I've put in all this effort six days of every week and I've just had a bit of balance I love that word balance yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that word. balance has undone all of their hard work and I just think god you know what a waste of time that is I'd much rather give a hundred percent because it's easier yeah and you don't have to think about oh can I have that can I have that yeah well, no I'm just not having it because it's just going to undo all my hard work so I kind of did the 90 days was a hundred percent on it but during that period recognized that this was about more than just what I was eating and how I was training and actually it was about how I thought about myself how I how much I valued myself what my inner voice Miss Meddler I call her Miss Meddler meddling cow that she is um what she was saying to me and how she would influence my day so I started to work on the mindset side of things and I really believe that you know sitting here two years later that has been the bit that's made me successful more than the plans obviously I've done your plan yeah um I've done the body coach several times I've done a bit on my own kind of macro tracking and all of those things have been brilliant and a great mechanism to kind of keep me on track um and it makes me I always say that uh, I'm quite lazy, so having it all written down for me makes it really easy. But actually, without the mindset bit, I don't think I would be here. I think I would still be yeah. maybe back at 16 stone again, still yo-yoing. Yeah. So what were the biggest shifts in your mindset then? What kind of things were going on inside your head that changed? <laughs> I think this, you know, it's a really cliched comment, but the being kind to yourself bit. Yeah. Um, is is critical and I wasn't and there's some still now some days where I'll look in the mirror and go you know oh you're really fat or you're really ugly or you look really stupid in that or you can't do that or don't say that in a meeting because 
you know, what's everyone going to think if you say that? Yeah. Um, so I started to work on that bit of it by bringing in affirmations. So I read a book, um, really easy book to read because it's dead thin, yeah. um, by Justin Albert and it's called Positive Thinking. And I recommend it to everybody because it's such an easy way to get yourself established with changing your mindset. And he talks about how to build up a set of affirmations that you use and say to yourself every day. And I started to say them and I'd go out walking and I'd say the affirmations over and over in my head and I'd be on the treadmill or on the rowing machine and I'd be saying the affirmations over and over in my head. And it's switching or silencing that inner voice that is constantly saying horrible things to you and, you know, starting to hear your own voice saying really positive things about yourself that you can do it and that you're doing it because you want to get the body that you desire and you are capable and you are beautiful and all these you know things that you need to be able to tell yourself so that you start believing it so the affirmations were the first bit and then I just started to read loads of well listen to loads of self-help books because I don't have a lot of time right yeah. you know I'm a consultant um so I'm out in different places all the time I've got two children very lucky that I've got an au pair that helps me look after the children husband's got a busy job I'm trying to train I'm running a page I've written a book <laughs> there's yeah. like a million balls in the air all the time I don't have time to sit and read books you know that's kind of the last thing I've got time for but I do spend loads of time in the car on the train on the treadmill running outdoors training so I decided to start listening to books yeah. as a way of, um, you know, expanding my mindset, really. And I've probably listened to about 15 self-help books in that time. I find Brené Brown amazing. Um, there's an amazing book by Mel Robbins called The Five Second Rule. Oh, yeah. I saw someone was reading that. Literally fab. yesterday on my Facebook page, someone was reading that. Really? It is so fab because... When you're in that moment of going, oh, I really want to have that chocolate, using the five second rule just literally switches on the frontal cortex of your brain that stops you from being in that negative spiral and, and kind of makes you focus on something else. So I use a five second rule all the time. Um, and just, you know, just kind of really focusing on me and having time for me and educating myself, using the affirmations, thinking positively about every situation um just practicing gratitude every day so my mobile phone every hour i have an alarm goes off and when it goes off and i hear it which is not all the time because i'll be in meetings and different things but when i do hear it i pause for 30 seconds and just focus on something i'm grateful for and just that act alone starts to make you realize how lucky you are and just you know where your place is in the world really that's a cool idea i think i want to try that yeah it's fab i try and do three wins every morning which are kind of gratitude sometimes they're just achievements sometimes it's happy or celebrating whatever i've got nice. going on and just saying like i've just had like i said to you earlier i've just had to move back in with my parents for a few weeks feels like i'm going backwards in my life but then <laughs> there's so many amazing things that i am blessed for that I kind of go at a thousand miles an hour all the time and I sometimes, well, always used to forget about that. Always like, what's next? What's next? Yes. How can I be better? How can I be more? So yeah, I think I'll try that one out. That sounds like a good it's plan. good. I might do the three wins as well. Yeah. And of course you guys got me into meditating. Yeah. 
which I'm completely not very good at, um, yeah. but I try. <laughs> so that, that premise of, and it's usually just five minutes for me every day, mm-hmm. of just, you know, trying to be still and calm. I can never do the kind of mind switch off thing, even I don't think you can switch it off. This morning I was thinking the whole way through my meditation. Sometimes I can kind of, I've done a course on it. I've done two two weekend courses on it. Oh, fab. Um, which helped a lot because just the apps and things didn't, like you said, I just took some time for myself with the app, so it didn't really teach me how to try and calm my mind down. Yeah. I always think of it as like a bucking bronco or something in my mind, and it's it's constantly going going wild, trying to think of everything and solutions yes. to everything in my life every single day. And I've got this at the weekend. I've got this later. I've got an interview with you today. I was thinking, what am I going to say? I need to remember to ask that. And then <laughs> slowly, throughout maybe 20 minutes, I might some days get it to the point where it just kind of calms down a bit. But yeah. I don't think you can ever clear your mind. But... Yeah. Um, Back to your meditation. So you're, you're doing that as well. Yeah, but I, I tend to use that time rather than kind of switching off because I just know that I can't. You see, I do the action there. You can't see yeah. me doing the action, but I'm doing the hmm action. Um, rather than kind of switching off because I know that I can't, I use that time to practice the affirmations. Yeah. I'll do some mirror work, um, which is, you know, sounds a bit ridiculous, but that premise of standing in front of the mirror and looking for the things that you're you know, happy with about yourself and, and just trying to appreciate how beautiful you are. Because you know what, when, when you've been 19 stone five pounds and then suddenly you lose a lot of weight, you're never going to look like the people that I see on Instagram every day. And I had this real battle last year about looking at people on Instagram who were, you know, in their early twenties, pocket rockets, you know, tiny perfect boobs and tiny shoulders and tiny waist and brilliant legs and I'd be like I want to look like that but I'm never going to look like that because I'm a 40 year old woman who's had two children who's been severely overweight and I guess you know this is what led me to go in for the corrective surgery that I had last year um which which you know I had to face into a lot of criticism for doing that because on the one hand, I'm saying, be kind to yourself, love the skin you're in, you know, be beautiful and all of that. And then on the next, I'm going for surgery on my tummy because of the amount of loose skin I had. Yeah. And I guess the, the turning point was actually exposing what that skin looked like because I was very good at hiding it yeah. in my pictures. You know, I'd, I'd be able to tuck it into my jeans and tuck it into my leggings and people didn't realise the extent of it until I did the photograph where I said, here it is. And mm. everyone was like, oh my God. Um, having that removed has just been really liberating. But then you do start looking at the, the other bits of your body and going, oh, my arms have got loads of loose skin on them underneath. And you know, my legs have got some loose skin on them. And, and you've got to kind of get to a point where you say, actually enough is enough. You yeah. know, that's the book, enough's enough, enough. Yeah. Um, because you, you you can't keep using surgery or, you know, elements that make you look different, having your lips done or your face done or whatever it is. You've got to get to a point, I think, where you are just happy with who you are and recognising that you can't be like the people that you see on Instagram. And you know what's really funny about that? We were at the spa a few weekends ago, yeah. um, a lot of the girls from the, the admin crew on my page. And two of us were sitting on the sunbeds and there was a, a really young girl on the sunbeds in front of us. And she was perfect, all right? She had the most amazing body. Yeah. 
And she had this red swimming costume on and she'd taken a selfie of herself sitting in the chair. And then Hannah and I watched her with an app on her phone erasing parts of her waist. Oh, wow. And she was literally, I was um, unbelievable. She was like touching the screen and as she touched the screen, parts of her waist and her torso were disappearing to kind of create this even more tiny waist. And then she posted it to Instagram. And we were just sitting there going, oh my God, you know, a lot of what we see on Instagram is not real. Yeah. And I think that authenticity is lost. And and that's the bit that, you know, as women of a certain age, we all need to hang on to is just be who you are and and don't worry about comparing yourself to others because it really is the thief of joy and just makes you feel really down on yourself, I think. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I've heard about those... um... I can't remember what it's called, body toning or something, apps that all the celebrities are using. But I think of any age it affects people, even if you're you're younger. Like my girlfriend's 24 and she's always looking at these Instagram people as well. I think yeah. every age you're looking at them and she's in great shape and she's still comparing herself to these people who have photoshopped themselves or whatever you want to call it. But we were talking earlier about there's kind of... I think we, we want to think that when we have something then we'll feel better. So if, let's say, someone's listening to this, they're not in the shape they want to be in, obviously they might want to want to change that for health reasons, but it won't necessarily make you happy. I think there's the underlying reason people are often not in shape anyway is probably due to mindset issues, emotional issues. Totally so, right. Yeah. What would you say about that in terms of... Ooh, it's a big old question, that, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got all day, but... No, we'll, I think... Um, okay when when it, hopefully people will read my book and they'll they'll come to understand what the driving factors were for the you know for the eating disorders that I I developed and I guess what I've learned now you know standing here as I look is I am no happier than what I was at you know 16 stone 17 stone 19 stone in terms of general happiness you know I've got a great husband great family great house great job and I had all of those things when I was bigger yeah I've now lost lots of weight and I've you know gained confidence and my self-esteem's improved which is not a bad thing yeah (laughs) Um, and I would recommend anybody try to lose weight in the right way in order to to help those aspects but don't kid yourself that you'll suddenly wake up wearing a size 10 and feeling happy about all aspects of your life because you won't. You yeah. know, it, it, the, the two things really aren't correlated. Your happiness comes from within you and from dealing with all of the demons and all of the things that try and drag you down every day. And weight might be one of those things, but it isn't all of it. So yeah. I think lose the weight because it's the right thing for you to do and because you want to be a great role model to your kids or because you want to improve your health or because exercise does make you feel good um and eating well is you know great for loving yourself on the inside as well as on the outside but don't use it as a mechanism to make you happy because you've got to work on that separately and work on all the things that are stopping you from being unhappy. Yeah, and as we were talking about earlier, it's kind of like, it's kind of bookended the whole weight loss process. The start really needs to come with making yourself happy. Like you said, these affirmations, 
believing in yourself, yeah. loving yourself. And then the end also needs to be working on your mindset, which is what you're doing now. Is that, yeah. that's right. Because if you don't do those things, then that's really what's going to change your life more than the totally. weight loss, isn't it? The believing in yourself is such a good one because you know what? I lost six stone on Slimming World and I lost four and a half stone on Lighter Life. Both of those times, it was a means to an end to try and get slim for up to wear a wedding dress. I've been married twice. Yeah. Um, and neither of those times did I believe in myself. So I walked down the aisle with my inner voice going, you look like crap. Even though I was in a beautiful wedding dress at a size 14. Um, if I got married tomorrow, I wouldn't be walking down the aisle telling myself I look like crap. And that's not because I wear a size 10 to 12. It's because I've got the self-belief and the self-worth now to yeah. know that I look fabulous. And I think that's the difference. Yeah. And what made you start to believe in yourself this time then? So on your, what do you call it? Your lean journey? My lean journey. I got it right. <laughs> what, what, what made the difference? Like when did you start believing in yourself on this journey? Um, I think it was probably, um, probably six months into it of religiously practicing i call them my deliberate practices the affirmations the positive thinking the gratitude that became habitual and when that became habitual i noticed that miss medler started to be a bit more silent and she wasn't there every day she might be there once a week um and and that was the turning point really you know so at that point i'd lost maybe three stones so obviously that helps but this this aspect of changing the way that I thought about myself was the biggest thing but it didn't happen overnight yeah it was accumulation of working on it working on it working on it yeah. in the same way that you know your biceps develop over time and your quads develop over time yeah your, your mindset muscles develop over time as well so you can't expect a quick fix with this. It's got to be relentless practice, but it will come. So, so what would you say to the old, let's say you're talking to the old you, you're just starting off and you don't believe in yourself and you're hearing all these things, you're hearing about all these great mindset practices and things you can do, but you're kind of still thinking, I don't know if I can do it. Angela's a superhero, she's done it, but no, most people don't, don't make that. And it's a long path. So you just yeah. said it's gonna be six months to start believing in yourself. And then you've still got further to go after that. So what would you say to that person? They know it's going to be long. It's going to be hard. I know exactly how they feel because I felt like that for years where you'd look at other people who you held up to be a superhero and, and, and say, well, I'm not like them. And the amount of time ladies say to me on the page that I think the most common quote is, I wish I had your motivation. And the fact is, everybody has the motivation that I've got locked inside them somewhere it is just taking that first step. And the first step is like climbing a mountain. It's it's a ginormous effort that it takes. But I guess you, you've got to look at it and you've got to say, I'm a 35 year old woman, I'm a 40 year old woman, I'm 45, wherever you are at this moment in time where you're saying, I'm not sure I can do it, how do I start? If you don't start, then you're gonna to get to 45, 50, 55, 60 and still feel how you feel now. And that's a lot of time and a lot of life that you've got to live still, that you'll be wasting hating yourself. So when you look in the mirror and you're telling yourself you're disgusting and you're telling yourself that you're a mess and you hate yourself, 
the first step really is to change that and start saying to yourself that you're amazing and you're beautiful and you can do this and you've got all the powers within you to be a superhero or whatever you want to say yeah because that's the first step is starting to switch that thinking so that you believe and then find your mechanism that's going to help you whether it's trinity or another plan whatever you want to do having a plan will help i think to get people on board and you might sit there and go oh but it's going to take six months but those six months absolutely whiz by you know just think about christmas to christmas how quickly that comes around yeah well you know six months from now is is sort of summertime isn't it when you want to be wearing a bikini and Mm. if you start now then you will be wearing that bikini but if you don't start then you won't and you'll be sitting on the beach going oh my god i wish i'd done something so it is just taking that brave first step looking in the mirror and telling yourself you're beautiful every day and that you can do it and then going for it wise words (laughs) i would say similar things as well well i would say the same things but what kind of, so there's two paths. That's obviously the path that I would recommend as well, definitely. Um, but there's also a path people could take that maybe they've taken before. That's probably very tempting right now, the quick fixes or whatever oh it may God, be. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. So what would you say to someone who's consider, weighing up all their options, what to do now? And like me and Ben say it, like the, there's, there's things that work that are sustainable the body coach can be sustainable. Sustained nutrition can be sustainable. The James Smith Academy can be sustainable. Trinity can be sustainable. And then there's a lot of things that I don't think can ever be sustainable that people may also be looking at. And those things have got billion dollar advertising campaigns (laughs) behind them. So they're going to be very tempting. So what would you say to someone who's kind of trying to figure out where to go? Like, I don't mind personally, obviously it's beneficial to me if people work with us, but the most important thing is they they feel better yeah. and by summer they're, they're a step down the road and they're not going backwards. So what would you say to someone who's looking, let's say they're on your group and they're probably saying, I'm trying to figure out what to do. I'm mm-hmm. weighing up all these options. What would you say to someone who's looking, who's tempted by going back to what they did before or a quick fix or a weight loss group or whatever it may be? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, we probably get Einstein to answer that one, don't we? Because what was it he said? If you always do what you always did, then you're always going to get what you always got. Yeah. And I guess what I would say to that lady who is sitting there going, I think I might just go and do Cambridge or I might just go and do Slim Fast because I'll lose 10 pounds in five days and it'll be fab. Yeah. Go and write your life story down, you know, just in bullet point format right like i did where i i mapped what my lowest and highest weight was across the years write down all the diets that you've done and write down how many of those help you to keep the weight off for more than six months and then have a look at which one you're planning to do next and see if that's on the list and if it's on the list take a big step away from it and go and find one that works you know, because I guess all of these, what I call the new plans, and I don't call them diets because I don't believe they are diets, but like Trinity, the Body Coach Sustain, James Smith, there's a million of them. Yeah. They all are very different, I think, to what's gone before. And all the ones with the giant advertising campaigns around them have got giant advertising campaigns because they consistently make money because they don't work (laughs) and we all go back to it again and again and again and it's not the person that isn't making it work 
it's the product isn't right and yeah. isn't sustainable. So you as a person have got all of the powers within yourself to change. You've just got to find the right formula and the right combination. And for me, that formula is, you know, healthy eating or clean eating or whatever you want to call it, sort of, I want to say 100% of the time, but you'd say 80% yeah, yeah. of the time and I get why well, you say that. Well, we start with 100% for two weeks as well because... I don't want to touch on this. I'll come. We'll come back to to that in a bit. Keep going with what you're going to say, and then we'll come back to the all or nothing, <laughs> is, black or white. Is thing. you know, do that. Do the exercise three, four, five times a week. No more than that. Otherwise, you're over exercising, which I've also learned this year is not a good thing. Yeah. And then, um, the the other aspect then is the positive thinking. And if you can if you can combine those three things together, you're onto a winner. You'll go through the change curve. And the change curve is horrendous while you're going through it and you think it's not working and it's too hard and I don't want to do it and I feel like I'm climbing a mountain. But you'll, if you keep taking steps up that mountain, you'll get to the top. And when you get to the top, it feels amazing. And then on the way back down, it's so much easier. So, you know what? Doing milkshakes is like climbing a mountain. It's bloody awful and that's swearing. It's the worst yeah. thing you could possibly do. So... Be kind to yourself and go and eat loads of yummy, nutritious food. Yeah, don't skip what Angela's saying here. There's so many good points in this. Um, I'm going to have to go back through them again. I think we could take <laughs> some out of this. But the, writing down the bullet points, I think, is a really good idea. I think 90% of people listening, you're probably going to be tempted to skip this. You might be listening in the car or yeah. in the kitchen. Do not skip this stuff because I've found the biggest changes for me have come when I've given myself a bit of time to kind of reflect, journal about stuff um, with a framework. So as you said, write down the bullet points about every diet you've done. Did it work? How long did it work for? And um, then make your own mind up from that because I think we bury our heads in the sand a lot when it comes to this. And no one's born, the other big point that you made is no one is born motivated or unmotivated or lazy or not lazy. Everyone's born no. the same. They're just a baby. And then it's what you've been kind of, you've had drilled into you by what you've, done but other people as well that you're kind of believing about yourself so you might believe you're lazy you might believe you're worthless yeah and it's not none of that's true that's just been hammered into your head so many times that you kind of believe it so that positive affirmation stuff is so important i think to yeah. to go to take it the other way um so you want to talk about martin quickly yes i really want to talk <laughs> about how you got your partner on board because <laughs> angela's actually being able to get her partner involved with the journey I don't know when so we'll get on to that but most people we work with um, at least half of them I'd say struggle with their partner still clinging on to the old ways and the old habits and kind of punishing them almost or trying to bring them down for trying to make this change trying to become better trying to eat healthier so what happened with you what's your story with your partner it's, it's a really interesting dynamic I think when when one half of a partnership is trying to better themselves and I think the other half of the partnership goes through the change journey as well. But there can be aspects to that where the other partner is trying to sabotage the one that's doing well. And that's more because they're feeling, um, what's the word, like they're not achieving in the same way as the person who's doing well is. So it makes them feel bad. It does, yeah. And I think there's that kind of lack of self-worth that happens with your partner because they're looking at you and you're going oh my god I've just smashed a workout and I've just got a PB and you know I've just done a perfect week and da, 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 da. and they're sitting there going oh 
I've put a pound on this week or I haven't done any exercise or whatever it might be. And I think, you know, Martin is a massively supportive partner. I'm really lucky. But we did have a few aspects of that going on, you know, between probably the March to September of the first year of my journey. And then suddenly he said in October, and I didn't have to force this, he just said, you're signing up again to the body coach? And I said, yeah, I'm doing the third round. And he went, I'm going to do it with you. I said, okay, then. I said, right, I'll do all the cooking. I'll do the cooking to your measurements, which was a right pain. Yeah, two different sets. God, it did my head in. But I was like, right, if he's going to go for it, I'm going to help him as much as I can. So I did the prep every Sunday and he chopped the vegetables and stuff and and we'd kind of do it together. Um, And he went out and he started to train and, and he trained with Dell to start with. And then he did amazingly. And I think he lost about two stone for that first one. And then he started to train um, in kettlebells and he found that he loved that. I hate them. He loves them. Yeah, they're hard. <laughs> they, they make your hands horrible. But he loved them. And and on Sunday, he's competing in his second kettlebell competition. Oh, wow. He came third in the last one that he did. And he's doing it again with like double kettlebells doing long cycle for like eight minutes or something it's insane um but like the difference in him and how good he feels about himself it's just fab and and what's lovely is when my motivation and mojo is dipping he's able to bring me up and when his is dipping I'm able to bring him up so it's a real partnership now um so I guess it's the thing about not forcing someone to travel down your path yeah, that doesn't tend to work very It doesn't. Well. And I guess it's the thing around when someone is giving you, you know, the, the feedback that, oh, you know, oh, well done if you've got a PB and you're thinking, God, is that all you can say? Just put yourself in their shoes and imagine how they're feeling and trying to understand it from their perspective. And it's not a reflection on you. It's just where they are in their journey. Yeah. Um, but if you can get them on board, then brilliant. Buy them some PT sessions for their birthday or something. Or tango lessons. He's just bought me tango lessons for my oh, wow. birthday. We're going to do that together. How cool is that? So you just say, basically, keep going. Don't force them into it. But at some point, they're quite likely to... Or they're, it's, they're maybe not, depends on the person. But they Depends. may come on board, they might not. Yeah. But I think one of the big takeaways from this is you, you just got to keep going. Totally. Don't let anybody sabotage you. It doesn't matter who they are. You know, how many times do I go out and people go... Oh, just have a drink. What's the matter with you? Yeah. You know, and I'm sort of two years into no alcohol now. Or oh, just have some cake. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. You know, no, I don't want any. Thanks. So yeah. what I do now in a restaurant when we're ordering with a group of people is I'll order last. So people go, what are you having? And I'll go, oh, you know, I might have a pudding. And then everyone will order their pudding and then I'll go, no, I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> At the end. Wind them right up. And then if I've gone last, then nobody can say anything. Yeah. So yeah, just it's your journey, your body, you're entitled to put into it and do what you want to it and to hell with everyone else. Be and you're selfish. also responsible for every decision as well, aren't you? Totally, don't, yeah. You don't blame anyone else. It's, you know, you hear that blaming thing a lot. I had to do it because my partner made me eat, you know, yeah. loads of crap at the weekend. Yeah, no, yeah. he didn't. You made that decision yourself. Yeah, every decision. Yeah. Yeah, we hear that a lot. So I'll wrap this up because I know you're very busy. So the final question I want to ask is just, what would you say to someone who's at a loss? They're like at an all-time low right now. They feel like nothing's ever going to work and 
they just don't know where to start what one thing would you say to them if you're at an all-time low then there's only one way to go isn't there and that's upwards so you know stand in front of the mirror find five or six things about yourself that you can say is a positive and repeat those things over and over again every day for a week and just do that and then the next week add something else to it and that might be drinking two liters of water yeah and saying your positive things over and over and over again and then the next week start doing a workout find one on youtube join a plan and start doing that but just take slow steps forward and remember that as long as you're moving forward in the right direction the good things will happen it's all about consistency well said so thanks very much angelo oh, it's been a pleasure thank you thank you for coming all the way to bedfordshire it's all right it's been really nice a nice cup of tea good and we'll hopefully get you back on and again after your book's out yeah thank you so that brings us to the end of today's motivation method podcast but before you go we have some important announcements Piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on iTunes to the Motivation Method podcast, get yourself subscribed today. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our Motivation Masterclass Challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our Motivation Masterclass and we'll get you started right away. And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today. So this is Rob Burkhead. And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one.